Welcome back to Talk of the Town on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC on WHTC.com and on the WHTC app for your smartphone. Once again, here's your host, Gary Stevens. Welcome back to Talk of the Town for this Wednesday, December 20th. Once a month, we get an update from the two men who are the county clerks in our area. On the third Friday of the month, we chat with Allegan County Clerk and Register of Deeds, Bob Chinetsky, usually on the third Wednesday of the month, and today being the third Wednesday of the month, we chat with Ottawa County Clerk and Register of Deeds, Justin Roebuck. Good morning, Justin. It's good to be here, Gary. Glad you are with us. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you and your family and everyone at the Clerk and Register of Deeds office, and hopefully a happy and safe holiday weekend and a good 2024 yeah. After what we've gone through in 2023, read between the lines as you wish. Ah, uh, let's hope 2024 is a little better. It'll be a busy year, <laughs> that's for sure. If you have a question for Allegan, uh, for Ottawa County Clerk and Register of Deeds, Bob, uh, if you had a question for Bob, you're too late. If you have a question for Justin, you're Bob's right on Bob's a good friend. I'll, I'll try to <laughs> no, take no, a question no, for No, 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 don't need to. <laughs> He's got enough on his plate anyway with litigation and stuff like that. Uh, 616-395-1450. 616-395-1450. Well, uh, you had to discharge one of your duties per state law. An elected official outside of a clerk or a prosecutor that needs to have a position filled um, has to go through a selection committee comprising of the county clerk as well as the county prosecutor and the uh, chief probate judge. And you, Mark Fine, and Lee Fisher had to do that to get yeah. a new treasurer for Ottawa County, and the announcement was made yesterday. Yeah, correct. It's one of those um, <clears throat> probably little-known duties, right, the role of the county clerk and the county prosecutor and the and the chief probate judge. But uh, in, in, in the event of a vacancy, we are required by the statute to appoint. And um, Amanda Price is retiring at the end of this year. December 31 is her last day as our county treasurer. And so our uh, appointment committee uh, met with a number of candidates. We had over 20 total applicants. We interviewed eight candidates last week. Um, pretty extensive interview process where we requested a bunch of materials and letters of reference and resumes and so forth and uh, sat down in a public uh, meeting, of course, to conduct those interviews. Everything that we do is in a uh, public meeting, so including our discussion and deliberation on who we choose. And uh, we have appointed Cheryl Clark, who is the chief deputy treasurer, and she's been in the treasurer's office for a number of years now. She's served as chief deputy since 2008. And, um, you know, my my take on it is if, if Ottawa County voters have been happy with the services they've received from the treasurer over the past several election cycles, uh, Cheryl is absolutely in part to thank for that and her leadership in the treasurer's office. And, um, you know, she's she's very qualified. She served as a local election official, elected official before her tenure in the treasurer's office as well as the treasurer of Robinson Township. And uh, we're just really happy to have her on board and, and getting through this next uh, uh, this next year uh, to finish out uh, Amanda Price's term. Uh, qualifications is one <laughs> thing. A seamless transition might be another factor as well. Absolutely. I mean, I think, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's, 
eminently helpful to have somebody who can actually do the job on day one and who can lead the staff well. I think she has the uh, you know, the support and uh, backing of her team at the treasurer's office. Obviously, this is a critical role for uh, the stability of the county uh, and our funds and really an important job. And, and we honestly had some really great applicants. And I think that is a great problem to have when you have to choose between um, several really, you know, I, I think qualified folks. Uh, but obviously, Cheryl rose to the top for uh, for the very fact that she's just the knowledge and experience level that she has, um, you know, no one else could quite uh, compare with that. So uh, we're we're happy to have her as our as our next treasurer beginning in January. But it will be for a very limited time because the term it is only <clears throat> to finish the term of Amanda Price, which would be at the end of 2024. Correct, and obviously that position is on the ballot in uh, August, of course, for the primary, and then in November of 2024. And so, um, you know, my, my understanding is that uh, uh, that Chief Deputy Clark does intend to run for the position, but I think, um, you know, no matter who, who runs next year, obviously the voters will ultimately decide who they want to fill the role as treasurer for the, for the four-year term. Since the last time we chatted, uh, Justin, and by the way, if you have a question for Justin Roebuck, 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. Speaking about uh, the August 2024 primary, since the last time we chatted, Justin, and you mentioned the fact that you wish to seek re-election, and uh, uh, Steve Kempker has also made his intentions known to seek re-election. Uh, we have heard, of course, from Lee Fisher that he will retire, but will stay on through the mm -hmm. end of his term, which is through the end of 2024. But since the last time we chatted, we now have a contested Republican primary for prosecutor. Mm -hmm. And who mm -hmm. knows whether or not we <clears throat> might have a contested uh, primary for uh, uh, county treasurer. Sure. And possibly a contested primary for county clerk. We don't know yet. Sure. Uh, but uh, what deadlines are there for those who wish to run in contested for a contested primary seat? Yeah, the filing deadline for that, uh, for all uh, positions that are on the ballot in a primary race for the August election next year, the filing deadline is April 24 at 4 p.m. So plenty of time still to see how you know, a lot of these races around the county play out. We certainly have a lot of elected officials. Obviously, you know, the focus is primarily on the presidential race in a presidential election year. But we, we can't forget that we have, uh, you know, just within our county, we have 17 townships. All of those offices are up for election. Of course, the county commission. And the same deadline for all of those? Or Correct. is it a deadline for a, uh, a partisan primary? and maybe a different one for a nonpartisan. Yes, you're right. So in a nonpartisan office, so all of the uh, the township-level offices, all of the county-level offices are actually considered partisan positions, which is interesting, but um, the, the process there is that candidates would file in that April deadline, the April 24 deadline, and then uh, run for the nomination, which happens in August. So the, the two top political parties who receive the most votes, the, you know, for president of the United States, which happen to be the Republican and democratic parties, they choose their nominees on that August ballot. And then those nominees go on to the November election. So if you wanted to run completely non-party affiliated, uh, there's actually a process to do that that requires petitioning 
And uh, without party affiliation, your deadline would be July. So there's a July deadline for that November election. Same for the judges as well? Yeah, correct. The judges follow a little bit of a different schedule. <laughs> the filing dates and deadlines are kind of all over the map for different things. The judges uh, have a uh, a March. There's a March deadline for non-incumbent uh, judges, and then there's an April, early April deadline for the incumbent judges. Uh, even though, a, 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 again, depending on the race, so obviously that's a nonpartisan position. However, if there are, uh, depending on the number of people running, there may be a primary to narrow down the field of candidates before the November. Good morning. You're on the line with Ottawa County Clerk Justin Roebuck. Yeah, my aunt passed away a few years ago, but she was born in Allegan, but she lived in Holland over 50 years, but I still had to go to Allegan to get her death certificate. Yeah, uh, death certificate's question whether or not... Uh, it goes to Ottawa because city of Holland or sure. because it was an elegant birth, it goes down there. So a death certificate actually is created and held in the county where uh, the person passes away. So if, uh, you know, in this case, if your aunt was uh, deceased in Ottawa County, if, if that is where she passed away, then we would have her, her birth record or her death record. Excuse me. Yeah, well, oh, go and ahead. Ottawa Avenue. Okay, so it's it's north of thirty second or south of thirty second? I think it'd be south. Okay, south uh, of thirty second. Is so that's that an still Allegan County? That yep. would definitely be Allegan, even though it's the city of Holland, right? Uh, yeah, correct. Yep. yep. So, so the, it, the death it, records follow the county and not the city. Yeah. Well, it used to be. She used to live as Holland Head. Okay, so yeah, it would probably be elegant then. Okay, thank you. Thank you very yeah, much for the call. So That's the one of the times when I know a lot of things that are happening in the city of Holland. Yeah. You know, sort of defaults to Ottawa. But yeah. in this case, because of the 32nd Street demarcation between Ottawa and Allegan, that is that becomes important. In that Correct. Regard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's interesting, you know. I mean, we <clears throat> the 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 city has one district court, you know that that shares. So even if you're in Allegan County on uh, the Allegan uh, in the Holland City in the Allegan County side, it still uh, pertains to the district court that is that is here, of course, the 58th district court. Um, but in this case, this is a, a, a county line situation where the death record would actually go to the county and where where the person was deceased. 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. Justin, that call does bring something that uh, at times we need to bring up from time to time about making sure when somebody does pass mm. that the proper paperwork is done to remove someone from the voter rolls and other legal things. Right. Obviously... A death certificate helps, but explain a little bit about when a death certificate is issued, does it automatically get registered sure. with your office for uh, voting and the like, or if a family member needs to take that death certificate from one office and go to another to discharge 
someone from the rolls? Well, that's a great question. Certainly a question that we get relatively often on the on the voting side of things. So uh, folks are removed from the voter rolls in three ways when they are deceased. The the primary uh, way, or the I guess the the really the stopgap measure is this connection with the Social Security file and the Secretary of State's office. So on a monthly basis, the Social Security file is compared with the Secretary of State's voter registration database across the state of Michigan, and that information is connected, and then any deceased voter uh, is removed from the Michigan voter rolls that way. However, in, in my office and in every county in, in the state of Michigan, when we process a death record, we are automatically flagging those records in the qualified voter file already. And so that's really sort of the first layer now of, of uh, protection that we have uh, in terms of removing deceased voters from the rolls because we obviously receive the death certificate before anyone, before the state agencies receive the death record, we are the recipient of that record, and we, of course, hold the record. Um, and so when someone passes away in Ottawa County, we are automatically checking that death certificate against the voter registration rolls and flagging those for removal. Uh, the challenge for us becomes cross-county. So in an example where someone may pass away in Ottawa County, but perhaps as a resident or lives elsewhere in the state, um, we cannot immediately remove that person from the rolls because we only have control over our voter registration. Uh, so we send notification to the county where they are registered that they are deceased. So there's a communication going on constantly between Michigan's 83 counties in terms of uh, deceased voters. But then the stopgap ultimately is that Social Security record as well. When it becomes an interstate matter, does it go to the Secretary of State's office in Lansing? Well, that is a great question, uh, and and one of the ways that we have protection against uh, that process, you know, really our, our elections are very decentralized, and there is no official government entity that does cross-state voter registration efforts or voter roll efforts. So Michigan is a part of a system called ERIC, and it is a, is a nonpartisan uh, uh, separate organization that states belong to. Uh, it's a, it's an acronym, E-R-I-C, the Electronic Information and Registration Center. And using this partnership, we are comparing the death records of uh, other states. When, when someone moves, for example, if you move to Florida, uh, you know, tomorrow and did not update your voter registration rolls, when you eventually change your driver's license or register to vote in the state of Florida, that pings the ERIC system and actually removes you from the rolls here in Michigan. And so that's something that the government doesn't do, but there are, there are uh, essentially a consortium of states that have organized for that effort. I will freely admit that this next question comes from someone who has not had to deal with end of life situations. Normally if uh, a loved one passes away, a lot of the tough decisions dealing with the, disposition of uh, one person's um, not just identity but uh, yeah. uh, matters uh, um, has to be taken up and you know you have to sort of overcome the grieving process you got things to have to do yeah but uh, with that ignorance on my part if someone does passes does a lot of what the 
paperwork that deals with voter registration and all that, does that get done by the funeral home director or is that something that a family member has to fight over the grief and do the paperwork? No, I mean, we, we make every possible effort to make it as easy as possible on our families. And, and that is something that my office is actually required to do by law and that, and that we do. So uh, the funeral, funeral directors don't have to worry about the voter registration piece. Uh, we actually do that directly. Uh, and so the, that is not something that a family member would have to uh, worry about. And you could certainly call and check and verify that the you know, loved one has come off the voter rolls. Uh, we answer a lot of those or calls. Or title rolls, too. Or is that something entirely different? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, if you own property, that is definitely, uh, unfortunately, that is something that has to happen through, you know, either through probate court or, you know, through wills or trusts or, you know, those kinds of things. And that's something records. we need to discuss with our legal experts, uh, uh, Ken Bazinki and Nathan Box, when we have the yeah. ask the lawyer, uh, ask the attorney segments on <laughs> Talk of the Town on For the sure. uh, second Friday of the month. And it's not something for the county clerk, but again, yeah. registration, identification, those matters. Yeah. And again, pardon my ignorance, folks, but I'm going to ask it anyway. I sometimes go where others fear to tread. <laughs> uh, who issues death certificates? It is the county. It's the county clerk. Okay. Yep. So my office issues a death record. So we coordinate, obviously, with the hospitals and the medical examiner for the county. Uh, and they sign off on those records. And then ultimately, they are filed with our office. And I have to sign those records. And then those get uh, transferred to the state as well. Okay. Uh, but we are uh, actually the holder birth of Birth certificates. Right. And death certificates. Right. The yeah. beginning and the end of the line is Justin <laughs> Roebuck. <laughs> I don't want to. You know, we, we like the, the birth and the marriage a lot, a lot better, but we certainly want to no. help our families through the, the no. death records too. No, no, no. Don't you dare out there think that I'm going to put any biblical alpha and omega on this. No, 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 no. It's way above my pay grade. One of the uh, things that was on the agenda for the uh, county clerk's office in 2023 was establishing polling places for early voting in 2024. Dare I say mission accomplished, Justin? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a pretty exciting thing to check off our list in terms of the establishment of those polling locations. So we are officially uh, mailing every registered voter household in Ottawa County. Uh, in the next month, that's required by statute, uh, to notify our voters of where these locations are. But we have four locations that are going to be centrally uh, located, conveniently located for our voters, where any voter in Ottawa County can walk into any of these four vote centers and cast a ballot in the state and federal elections that are happening next year. Obviously, the first one being February and the presidential preference primary. Um, so here in Holland, in the Holland area, we are actually at the James Street Complex where the county uh, buildings are. So if you're familiar with that, that corridor right across the street from Brand's Steakhouse um, is the uh, MDHHS building. So the state of Michigan leases some space from the county uh, in that complex. And we are actually in that building, a large conference room there, going to be utilized for early voting. Uh, and then we've, we're utilizing our local jurisdictions for, for the other locations. Uh, we're going to be in Grand Haven Township at the Township Hall in Grand Haven. Uh, 
in Polkton Township, which is a Coopersville area, right off of right off of the highway, convenient location off of uh, 96 there in Coopersville, and then the Georgetown Township Hall. So those four locations are going to be where voters can participate uh, all year long in our early voting process, and we're really excited to to roll that out. The important thing is, even if you live say over in beautiful downtown Jenison, you can cast yeah. an early ballot over on James Street. That is correct. So if you live in Georgetown and you work in Holland or you're going out for dinner in Holland and it's just an easy and convenient uh, stop for you, you can actually vote here at that vote center. And we have the process is interconnected. We're, we're not going to allow anyone to vote twice. Uh, so don't get that idea in your head. Um, we have a, a system there that obviously is going to mark you as having been voted, having voted uh, in whatever location you're in. Um, but that nine days prior to every state and federal election allows people a lot of flexibility there to cast a ballot. Which would be the first one, February 27th? Correct. Yep. So the presidential preference primary is going to be held on the 27th of February, which means early voting happens nine days prior to that day. And uh, we have our uh, our voting hours as well. Essentially, every day we're going to be open all of those nine days, including Saturdays and Sundays. Um, from uh, from 11, excuse me, from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. And then on Tuesday and Thursday, we have evening hours from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Uh, so 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. on Tuesday, Thursday to accommodate folks' uh, schedules in the evening. And then the rest of the day, uh, the rest of those weekdays uh, and weekend hours is going to be 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. And this is for the presidential preference primary on the 27th, the August primary, and the November general election, yeah. but not the May election. Yeah, very good point. If the May election does not fall under that early voting uh, collaborative agreement that we have with the local jurisdiction, so no early voting for the May election. Obviously, voters do have the ability to cast a, an absentee ballot. They can get a ballot by mail, request that, fill it out, send it back in. Uh, or, of course, you can always vote in person on Election Day. That is always an option, continues to be an option, uh, but no early voting in May. And then finally, uh, you had some donations for the holidays with uh, your office. Yeah, we're, we're excited about that. We uh, partnered with a couple of uh, other, a uh, couple of my my friends, uh, elected official uh, offices, the Treasurer's Office and the Water Resources Office, and our office partnered uh, to to make some donations to the Resilience House here in Holland, and Resilience is a an amazing organization that basically, um, you know, defends and helps families that are victims of, uh, you know, either domestic violence, or sexual violence, sexual abuse, uh, housing uh, those in need of of place to stay. And we we put together uh, several hundred dollars worth of donations, really some cool stuff, uh, you know, new items. Everything from games for kids to pots and pans for the kitchen, uh, and donated that to Resilience. And I'll tell you, if you're if you're looking for a place to to support over the holiday season, that is a great organization and a great uh, great way to help those in need. So we were excited to do that. If you have any questions about the county clerk or register of deeds office, the phone number to call six one six nine nine four four five three one. 616-994-4531 or go online to myottawa.org. That's myottawa.org. Justin Roebuck, thank you very much. 
Have a pleasant holiday and look forward to chatting with you in January. Sounds great, Gary. Thank you. Thank you very much, Justin Roebuck on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC.